0: Are you in Joshua chapter 1? If you're in Joshua chapter 1, say, I'm there, Pastor. Amen. When I get there, I'll tell you too. Uh, Hey, I mean, I'm there. I'm there, Pastor. I got it. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Everybody say, step it up. A few Sundays ago, we began this series. It's really more than a series. It's a church emphasis. It's the call of God. I believe it's the Word of the Lord to us uh, today and so uh, this all was birthed in our heart and I want to tell you that you know God is speaking to me as your pastor and speaking to our leadership team and and calling us to another level of ministry influence and impact and uh, in fact on Wednesday nights and I want to encourage everyone, I think we need to step it up on Wednesday night if you've been if you can be here on Wednesday night now I do know that some of you work and you just barely get home in time and you have to I, I understand that. I get that. I, I, I certainly understand that. But if you can make it on Wednesday night, I want to encourage you to step it up on Wednesday night. Because we're studying the Word of God together. Uh, and we're, we're looking right now at the relationship between Paul and Timothy First and second Timothy, those two letters were step it up letters. Uh, they were they were like a father to a son. How many of you know as parents, we've got to tell our kids, we've got to instruct our children and those who come after us, the areas where they need to step it up to another level of influence in, 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 in their life and in the world around them. And so this Joshua, we're looking at Joshua and how God came to him and said, Step it up. And so with, with that in mind, let me just read Joshua chapter 1, the first nine verses again. I would encourage you to use these in your devotional this week and just kind of, and you can move along through Joshua You could get all the way through the book and you could see how at the end, Joshua was telling the people, hey, you need to step it up. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, And so encouraging those people that he influenced to step it up. So here we go. Joshua chapter one, verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore arise. Somebody say arise. "'Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, "'to the land which I am giving to them, "'the children of Israel. "'Every place that the sole of your foot "'will tread upon I have given to you, "'as I said to Moses. "'For from the wilderness and this Lebanon, "'as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, "'and all the land of the Hittites "'and the great sea toward the going down of the sun "'shall be your territory. "'No man shall be able to stand before you "'all the days of your life.'" As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. Everybody say, be strong. He said, be strong and of a good courage. For, this it, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And everybody said, what a powerful passage of Scripture. The children of Israel, you see, were at a defining moment. They had come to a defining moment a few times in their history, and here was another one. What were they going to do with the fact that Moses, their leader was dead. How were they going to progress? How were they going to continue? And God came to Joshua and really in this defining moment, in fact, how many of you how many of you can say in your life you've had some defining moments, some time, some pressure points in life that however you respond or react determines where where you go and what you do. And and we all find ourselves in that place. And our church is basically in that point right now. Are we going to cause these defining moments to defeat us and discourage us or to cause us to come to a place of real uh, 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 stability and, and, and strength in our life? That was the case with Joshua and the children of Israel. God said, arise. How many of you know? And then he said, go over, I, and, and I'll weave this in every once in a while. How many of you know, if you're gonna get where God wants you, there's some things you need to get over. If you want to get where God wants you, there's some things you got to get over. Today in this room, there are people who are having trouble getting over some things. God wants to lead us to get over it. In fact, just look at your neighbor for kick's sake. It's about, isn't it about time you get over it? Isn't, it? isn't it about time, isn't it just about time you get over it? Well, you know, and, and in this context, and, and, and I don't want to be uncaring because I know God always led the people and leads people to seasons of grieving when people are, are you know, thir- sometimes 30 days of grieving. But then at the grieving, uh, you know, God would come and say, now it's time to get up and get moving. Well, <coughs> God spoke to Joshua, hey, Moses is dead. Get up. Everybody say arise. That arise is really, it's, it's, a, it's a step it upward. It, you know, it, it, it means to advance, to increase the intensity of something to rise to a challenge, to lift to another level. That's what he was saying to Joshua. He said, it's time you get up. In fact, this what he was saying to Joshua, it's time you step up to another level of leadership. How many of you know God's called us to lead in the world around us? You may be at a place of servitude wherever you work or whatever you do. You may be more service-oriented, but understand something, in that place of service, you can lead. You can be an influence. And God is calling us as a church family, as individuals together, to step it up to another level of leadership influence in the earth. Now, last week, we looked at the relationship with Moses and Joshua. And here was last week's step it up idea. And it, this was it. Before we could ever effectually step it up to another level of leadership, we must step it up to another level of service to God and his church. Uh, you look at Moses, his MO was servant of God. Everyone say servant of God. As the leader of the of the Israelites, he was Moses, my Servant is dead. Not Moses, my prophet, was dead. Not Moses, my, you know, big kahuna, was dead. Moses, my servant, was de- is dead. And you see that throughout uh, Scripture, even in the New Testament, they define Moses as the servant of God. How many of you know Jesus said this? If you want to be great, influential in the kingdom of God, you've got to learn to be the servant of all. And so that was last week, and I encourage you, if you missed last Sunday, to go get online, cotrnorth.com. You can download, you can put it on your phone, your iPad, your iPod. I think you can even subscribe, and they'll come to your phone every day or every week. And and listen to last Sunday's, step it up to another level of stewardship and service to God and His church. I would encourage you to do that. Now today, here we go. Are you ready for this morning step-it-up idea? Here it is. got to step it up. To the place of God's ultimate purpose and plan for our life. Everyone say, step it up. We gotta step it up to another level of God's purpose and plan for our life. God has a plan for our life. He really does. And when you look at Joshua and you look at this story, you, you begin to realize that God had a plan for Joshua all along. He was not just to be the servant of Moses, uh, his assistant to make sure everything went right and he had everything he needed through the day. God has a plan and God had a plan for, for Joshua. And let me just say to you, God has a plan and a purpose for you. You're not here just to sit, soaking sour. You're not here just to take up space. If there was no purpose for you, you wouldn't be here. God's a God of purpose and destiny, and he has a purpose and a destiny for all of us. And sadly, most of us and many of us here today may have missed the purpose of God for our life along the way. But even if you feel like you've missed it, you can get into the middle of God's purpose and plan for your life today. Somebody say Amen. How many of you have GPS on your phone? You got GPS, keep you from getting lost. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it takes you where you, but you know what? One thing's cool about GPS. It doesn't matter how far off you get. There's an interesting thing. You can look at it and it'll, I don't know if it still says recalculating. I mean, I remember my Tom Tom recalculate wherever you are. If you just wake up way off course, it'll recalculate the best possible way for you to get back on track with wherever you were going this morning. I got a feeling if you'll just let God have his way today, he'll begin to recalculate some things in your life. He'll begin to restructure some things in your life and he'll, he'll, he'll challenge you like he challenged Joshua to step it up and let's get on track with God's purpose and plan for our life. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan for your life. He really does. He really, really does. And you know, if you if you've never Read Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Life. Everyone say The Purpose Driven Life. Okay, I'm going to ask everybody to participate right here. I didn't mean to, I wasn't planning on doing this. If you've never read Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Life, I'm just going to be honest. Raise your hand. Okay, all right. Now, let me just say, let me tell you about Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Life. There are two books, the two biggest selling books in the history of the planet forever and ever. Amen. Anybody want to know the first one? It's the Bible. The number one bestseller of all times is the Bible. The second most sold book on planet Earth ever in the history of humanity is The Purpose Driven Life. How many of you think that might be an important book to read? And I want to encourage you. You go to the bookstore right now. You, tomorrow, this afternoon, God, I don't know if it's still in wa- Walmart or not, you get online, you get, order that book, and, and you begin to read through The Purpose Driven Life. It's a very important book uh, uh, that God has raised up a simple man to do supernatural things. Whether you like Rick Warren or not, that book has, will transform your life. Everyone say The Purpose Driven Life. People all over the world. In fact, there's a I think there's a movie about it now that... Uh, Uh, where someone was kidnapped in their home and I don't remember the name but I remember this girl had been reading she'd been she was kidnapped by this guy and I think they were in her home and she's been held hostage uh and uh uh, she, this is a true story, she gave him the purpose-driven life, and he began to read through that, transformed his life, and God did a miracle in his life. And so, great book, simple read, you can't put it down, it'll be great. It'll take I think it'll take you through, uh, there's five purposes that we all need to embrace. And so, we all have a purpose and plan, uh, and uh, in that book, Rick challenges us, he challenged the world to ask this question, what in the world am I here for? Everybody say, what in the world am I here for? Come on, everybody say, what in the world am I here for? Well, some of you say, well, I know why I'm here. I got a monkey on my back. I need you to help me get the monkey off my back. I'm here just because it's the Christian thing to do. I'm here because I need this, I need that. Listen, we need to ask God, what do you want me to do? Why have you created me? What in the world am I here for? And that's what God was dealing with Joshua about. He said, listen, it's your time now. It's time to step it up to another level. This is why you're here. This is why you've been serving uh, Moses this long. You've been in a preparation mode to get you ready." to lead the people of of Israel on into the promised land. Arise, get up, step it up, get get going and do God's purpose and plan for your life. Amen? Now, let me give you an important note. Everyone say important note. Here's an important note. Hey, catch this. Uh, God's ultimate purpose and plan for your life is exactly that. It's his plan. It's not your plan. It can't be your plan. You know, we all have our... In fact, the Bible says we all make plans, but God orders our steps. We've got to come to the place where we have asked ourselves, just like we prayed a few moments ago, have I ever come to the place in life where I've yielded myself to His plan and purpose for my life, You know, Moses was apprehensive, stepping into God's plan. He argued with the Lord. He gave excuses to God why he should not uh, do what God wanted him to do. And it really upset the Lord. And so Joshua undoubtedly uh, ha- had learned from that with Moses in the years he had followed after God and served Moses. And so when God came to him, it's time to step it up. Arise, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's time for you to lead these people over and he realized man I'm not serving myself I'm not even serving Moses I'm serving God and this is his plan for my life sadly most people live life on their timetable with their thoughts their ways their means and somehow expect God to bless their mess There comes a time in all of our lives we need to embrace and realize that God's plan for my life has nothing to do with me. In fact, if I go back to the purpose-driven life for a moment, the first sentence of that book is this, it's not about you. Everyone say that. It's not about you. Now say it, it's not about me. It's not about me. God's purpose and plan for your life, uh, uh, it's not about you. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's his will. And parents, where are the parents? Any parents here, raise your hand. Parents, listen to this. Listen to this about your kids. You all have dreams and aspirations for your kids. You should, you should. I mean, you know, I know Josh, you know, he's, he's the father of three of my grandchildren. I know he's got dreams dreams, and aspirations for his children. And you need to give Josh a big hand today because he kept Mabry all by himself for over 24 hours. I don't know how the man did that. Man, what a father this guy may be. Uh, And it's just amazing to me. I don't know if I've ever done that. I maybe have, maybe I have, I don't know. Uh, But hey, uh, he has dreams and aspirations for his children. We all do. Uh, uh, But understand something, parents, your children belong to God. And God has a plan for their life that far supersedes anything we can understand or comprehend. God has a plan for their life. It's not about what you want. It's not about what you think. In fact, I'll never forget, uh, you know, when I was just about to graduate from high school, I'd gotten saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And my mother was hounding me about all the tests you take to get in college. You got to take these tests. I said, I don't know if I'm going to college. I don't know what God wants me to do. And she was patient for a season, but time was running out. And so one day she said, she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I haven't heard the Lord. And she said, well, young man, you get in that bedroom of yours, you shut the door and you start praying. And don't you come out till you have a word from God. You, What was she saying? You better find God's purpose for your life. You can't dilly-dally around about this. You've got to plug in and get involved. And, and so uh, in the process, and I did, and you know what? God did speak to me. And then from that day, things began to unlock and, un, 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 uh, and be released in my life. I found myself in Israel in 1974, I think, December of 74, I, three, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, those days get by. And God spoke to me in my heart of hearts and called me and, and laid out the plan of God for my life, for my future. And I began to uh, began to realize God has a purpose for me. And it's not about me. It's about him and what he wants. Are you with me? Say amen. And if we're going to make a difference in the world, we can't be living life on our terms. We can't be trying to live life like we want to live life and somehow expect God to follow us around like the, like the heavenly puppy dog and, and, and clean up our messes and just do whatever we need him to do and be our provider. But yet we live life the way, hey, it's his purpose. Ever say it's all about him. And that's what we see when it comes to Joshua and that's what we see throughout Scripture when people plugged into God's plan and purpose for their life uh, in fact what did Jesus say when, how many of you know Jesus had a God had a purpose and plan for him on planet Earth yeah, yes he ministered for three years full-time ministry he grew up in the house and and then in three years he went traveling and began to uh, uh, unlock the purpose of God and raise up followers and raise up leaders and preach the gospel gospel, but his purpose on planet earth was to die for our sin. And he came to that place there in the garden uh, of Gethsemane when he was praying as it were great uh, drops of blood and he's sweating as it were great drops of blood. And he said three times, if it's possible, God, he's talking to the father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he would say, nevertheless, everybody say, "Nevertheless." nevertheless not my will but your will be done he submitted himself to the ultimate purpose and plan of God for his life I came to tell you today that God has a purpose and a plan for your life you can fiddle around with whatever you want to fiddle around you can do whatever you want to do and you know what you can you can be successful in this life but I want to tell you something today unless you know that you know that you're in the middle of God's purpose and plan for your life you're missing God's best for your life and you will ultimately not fulfill his purpose and plan and I came to tell you to rattle your cage to stir you up to to get you to thinking about what does what in the world am I here for I know why I'm here pastor I'm here to meet me a fine young woman I mean fine young woman and I'm going to have me some fine kids And I'm going to make me a lot of money and we're going to enjoy life it's going to be grand that's oh I feel how many of you know there's nothing wrong with a fine woman they're all fine in God's eyes. How many of you know there's nothing I know, uh, Pastor, I'm here to meet me a good man who loves love me and take care of me and meet my needs and be the father of my kids. And we grow up and have a great family together and enjoy grandkids. And I'll die in my old age, a blessed man. How many of you know, there's not, hey, God's the author of family. But understand something about all that. It's, God has a plan beyond just being happy till Jesus comes. Most people spend all their time trying to find happiness and joy and contentment. It'll only be found when you really plug into his purpose and plan for your life let me just throw this out to you. I may not get done today. Let me just throw this out to you. You know, I just turned 60. People start talking about retirement and all those things. You know, when I think about retirement, you know what I think about? Well, who can I preach to if I retire? My Lord, that's what I love to do. I love to talk. I love to preach. I love to teach. How could I ever do that? I would be the most miserable man on the planet. My wife would be ready to, uh, uh, you know, put me out to pasture in a hurry if I couldn't fulfill God's purpose and plan for my life. That's the only place I find real, real contentment is knowing that. That I'm doing what God wants me to do and, and the joy of being able to operate in the gifting and the grace that he has given me to do. That's, what, that's where I find the greatest joy in life and that'll be the same and that is the same for you and whosoever will. God has a plan. Everybody say God has a plan. With that in mind, I'm going to give you quickly, I, I, I try to do it quickly, I'm going to give you seven principles of purpose that I see in Joshua chapter 1 through verse nine for your life that we need to begin to realize it'll help you. This will, these will help you. So listen up. You can jot them down. You can take pictures, whatever you want to do. But listen, when it comes to God's purpose and plan for your life, uh, let me give you some things that, that you need to understand. Number one, God's purpose and plan for your life will always include, everyone say always include, always include number one, his people. Everybody say his people. Look at what verse one and two says. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Everyone say all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Understand something about God's purpose and plan for your life, not just Joshua's life, but for your life, our life. It's not about you. Everybody say, it's not about you. It will always include the influence and the help and the support of other people. God brought you here to help people. God brought you here. The reason you're here is to help other people find Christ. We have a purpose and a plan that has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with his will and his plan and his desire on planet earth. Why did Jesus come? What was his purpose? To to die for the sins of all humanity so we could be born again. What's the church's purpose? To to follow up with uh, what Jesus did on the cross and to share the gospel and the good news and the plan of God with as many people as we can until there's no more time, no more air in our breath. It's about other people. It's about the people around us. God's purpose and plan is not for you, is not about you. It's about other people. God came to Joshua and said, listen, I see all these people. That's why we're here is because God's in the people business. And you are a servant of Moses. Now you're a servant of God more clearly and more truly. And I'm in the people business. I love people. I care about people. And I want you to embrace the reality that God's purpose uh, and plan for your life has everything to do with people. Amen. Have you ever heard this phrase? Well, pastor. I'm just not a people person. Say what? That's just not normal. Think about God's creation, the elephants, whatever you want to say. You don't find elephants going, well, I'm just not an elephant person. I'm going to hang out with the chimpanzees. <laughs> the created nature of God over our, I'm just not a people person. What is that? Because God, if he lives in you, if Jesus lives in you, if you've been born again, guess who lives on the inside of you? The, 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 the greatest people person on planet earth, Jesus Christ, the power of God. God lives in you. He's a people person. And the, the, the purpose of God for your life is because God has people in your life that he wants you to touch. It's about people. He said, Arise you and all this people. I've got a land I'm going to give them. You think about all the biblical role models we have. How many of you know Moses was a people person? He had a lot of people. You go back, you think of Noah. What was God's plan for Noah to help people? the people had got so messed up god said i got to figure out a way he he had this all in his plan he was trying to figure it. he said i've got to figure out a way for, for for noah to be able to save the world uh, and and to and to reestablish and repopulate the earth because i have a plan for people it was all about people you think about abraham god's purpose for abraham uh, god came to him and said you know what i'm going to do with your seed your seed or go, your seed is going to touch the world I mean, in fact your seed is going to be like the sand of the sea you're seeing you're going to be the father of many nations. What's that all about? It's about people. It's not about dollars and cents and stuff and lands. It's about people. because people need the Lord. And that's why we're here. People need the Lord. Think about Scripture. Think about the great commandment. You remember the great commandment? There, there, there's two, the great commandment and the second one. The first one is love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what's the second one? Greatest commandment, Jesus said, and love your what? Your, it's about people. People. Think about the great, not only the great commandment, but the great commission Jesus uh, gave to his disciples and to us. Matthew 28, he said this, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son. What is that all about? It's all about people. You see, God's purpose and plan for your life will always include care and concern and commitment to people. And so we've got to understand that. We've got to embrace that. One of the biggest roadblocks we have in this purpose and plan and this concept right here is selfish. We think it's all about us. We think that God's here for us. We think that church is here for us and the church is here for you. But understand something, church is not here just for you. People come to church just to get a word, to help them, to make me feel better, to get the monkey off my back, to help me be a better person, to help me grow spiritually. All that is good. All that is right. All that's wonderful. But all the reason for all that is because people... People in your life need the Lord. People in my life need the Lord. We have to ask ourselves in the life we're living, is my life centered around me and my family or is it centered around people who need the Lord? Amen. I said I was gonna do that quickly, but if you don't get that one, we might as well just go home. So God's purpose and plan for your life will always include people. Number two, this is exciting, it's getting better. God's purpose and plan for your life will always include his promises to you. He promises some things. Look what he promised Joshua. He said, "Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you. Not I will give it to you. I've already given it to you. This is yours. Uh, you just need to go take it." Uh, and, and then he said, "From the wilderness, from Lebanon, and all throughout the great sea, this this shall be your territory." Verse five: No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. His promises. How many? Of You know, you can trust the promises of God. And God will always, when he gives you a plan and a purpose, his promises go hand in hand with it. He will not leave you. He will be right there with you. And you think about scripture and you think about all these forefathers of our faith. Noah, what did Noah have? He had the, oh, I had one person. What did Noah have? He had the, he had the rainbow, which was the promise. That God would never destroy his people again in that fashion. There was always a promise. Abraham, he had a great promise. And it took a long time for that promise to come to pass. When he got the word of the Lord, it took a long time before uh, his son was ever born. In fact, he was past the age. And all of them walked in the promises of God for their life. They had the promises. In fact, someone said this. I've never counted them, but... I just, I thought it was great, so I'll I'll believe it. That's not very good theology, but uh, someone said there's 365 direct promises in Scripture. I don't know that to be true. I'm just quoting someone, uh, and one for every day of the week. I, I'll take that. I know there's a lot there, uh, the promises of God and us. Uh, and there's always conditions to every promise. But, uh, 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 but Joshua had the promise of God. He had the promises of God. And when you begin to plug into God's purpose and plan for your life, you can stand on the promises. The old hymn says, standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing I'm standing on the promises of God you can stand you can trust him that he has a plan for your life you can trust his promise to you you can trust his word to you I mentioned Abraham and the promises of God in his life and And in Genesis 17, God began to speak to him the promises of God. And then you go all the way over. Paul is rehearsing the promises and how they related to Abraham. He says this about Abraham in verse 19 of chapter 4 in Romans. He said, and not being weak in faith. He's speaking about uh, Abraham. Not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body as already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, when God said you're going to have children it was already too late they were already too old but uh, but Abraham he didn't he didn't look at that he didn't consider that he he in fact verse 20 says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness Abraham took the promises of God 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 uh, gave him the purpose and plan for his life even when it didn't make sense here. He didn't waver at the promise of God. He stood on the promises of God and God honored his word. God honors his promises. And when when God calls you and plants you and you begin to understand God's purpose and plan for your life, that it's not just about you, it's about his people. He will provide you his promises to move you from point A to point B. Even when you don't see it with your eyes, you know it in your heart, God never breaks a promise. Look at your neighbor and say, God never breaks his promises. He was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. You see God's purpose and plan for your life will always include his people and it will always include his promises and number three, God's purpose and plan for your life will always include his presence. I love this part because in verse 5 and verse 9 he promises Joshua that he will never leave him. He said let me just tell you this, you, you know you got, a, you got big shoes to fill you got a big responsibility but I want to tell you, you may feel a sense of loss here because of Moses being gone this is Pastor Sam's commentary he said but let me tell you something about about this new purpose and plan for your life. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm not gonna die on you. I'll be there with you always. In fact, verse nine, he he says, don't be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, what you can trust in when you think about God's will and plan for your life is that he will always include his people. He's got you helping people. He's got some promises. You can walk on the water. You can stand on the promises. And his presence, he will never leave you or forsake you. What did Jesus say at the end of the Great Commission when he told him to go, Told us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit? What did he say? And lo, I'm with you always even to the end of the age. Back up a little bit. When he told his disciples he was gonna die and, and end up in heaven and they were, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. in my father's house are many mansions. He said, let me just tell you something else. I'm not gonna leave you without a helper. I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. He'll be your comforter, your helper. He said, I'll never, he'll, and, and the Holy Spirit will never leave you. You see, when you plug into his purpose and plan for your life, you can, re- you can rest assured that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be there with you. Somebody say amen. That's what he told Joshua twice. He said, I'll be with you. Not only is God's purpose and plan Always include his people, his promises, and his presence. It always includes his power. Verse 5, he said this. Let me tell you something, Joshua. Nobody. And let me just tell you, these people knew there were enemies on the other side. They were not surprised by the resistance in the promised land. They were not surprised somebody in fact, Joshua would be the last one to be surprised because if you remember if you backtrack uh, forty years, what you'll remember is Joshua led a team of people to go in and spy out the land, and there were giants in the land and 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 eight out of ten other than Joshua and Caleb came back with a bad report. Joshua and Caleb said, "We are able. let us go in and once possess it but the the eight out of nine won out. And and depression and discouragement filtered through the ranks of all the children of Israel. And Joshua and Caleb lost out because of negative peer pressure. And for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. Joshua knew there were giants there. But Joshua also knew that God was bigger than all the giants. When all the people were saying, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Joshua said, we are able. And God comes to him and he says, listen... You're about to cross over into the land that I have already given. This belongs to you. And understand, nobody will be able to stand against you. In fact, if you read ahead, and we won't read ahead, but in Joshua chapter 5, Joshua has a visitation from the captain of the Lord's army. In fact, Joshua sees this dynamic being and he says, are you for me or against me? Are you my enemy? Are you my friend? And the captain of the Lord's army says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. I happen to believe that was Jesus Christ showed up in an Old Testament uh, 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 manifestation. And he said he was the captain of the Lord's host, the Lord's army. And you know the story in Joshua 6 that gave them specific instructions about what to do. March around the city of Jericho five times. And on the fifth time you blow and shout. And what happened? And the walls came tumbling down. What happened? A manifestation of the power and the presence of God. Understand something about God's purpose and plan for your life. What you can always rest assured, not only will he be there with you, but his power is made manifest in the midst of you fulfilling his purpose and plan for your life. In fact, if you back up and you go to the resurrected Christ, who is just about to ascend to the the Father in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, he said, and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea. There's the people. And throughout all the earth, God will empower us not to just have Pentecostal uh, uh, charismatic church services. Uh, that's not what Pentecost is all about. Pentecost is to empower us to reach people. Somebody say, Amen. his purpose and plan for your life will always include people, his promises, his presence, his power. And number five, his pathway. He's got a path for you to follow. In fact, he said, arise, get over this Jordan. This is where you got to go. You can't go around it. You can't go under it. You got to go over it. You got to get over this. You got to go this way. In fact, in verse seven, he talks about the commands of God and the directives of God. He said, don't turn to the right or the left. God has a pathway for you to be on. And if you vary off that pathway, you're going to miss God's best for your life. And you may, you may suffer great consequences for getting off the path of the plan and the purpose of God for your life. He has a plan and a purpose and a pathway for you to follow. And so you've got to find that path. And God came to him and said, let me tell you, let's pick up where Moses left off. You got to get over this Jordan. You got to cross over this obstacle. And I love how it happened. They got up and they got going and they got right up and they sent, I think they sent the the, the priest ahead of the ark of God. And and when their feet touched the water, what happened to the Jordan? Listen, that's the power of God. If you'll get on the path of God, God will manifest his power in your life. Just an afterthought, just a thought. If you're not experiencing God's power in your life, you may be off the path. Just a thought. If you're not experiencing His manifest presence in your life, maybe you're off the path. Just a thought but he has a pathway, his purpose and plan. And he will say to you, in fact, the scripture says that if you're submitted to the governance and the voice and the the guidance of God in your life, you'll hear God speak to you, say, this is the way, go ye in it. He will direct your path. I love one of my favorite Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 3, 3, uh, 4 and 5, I think. Trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He's in charge. And He will direct your path. I'm going to say it again. Because I think somebody is missing it right here. I just got to say it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. He always has a path for us. There are things I've endeavored to do in life as a pastor and as a leader and I start praying about it and God goes, nope, that's not it. You look in the, old, in the, New, in the New Testament, Paul and, and some of us, they were wanting to go this way and the Holy Spirit forbade them to go this way and they had a, they had a, he had a dream, Paul had a dream from a, a guy in Macedonia. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Okay. There's the path. God has a path. I'll never forget Stacy when she was graduating high school. She was trying to determine God's plan for her life. And she said, what do I need to be? What do I need to do? And and she just began to pray about it. And that was how many years ago? It's been a while. Uh, And she began to pray about it. And one day she came to me. She said, I know what the Lord wants me to do. I said, what does he want me to do? She said, "I, I believe God wants me to be a speech therapist and a speech pathologist. I said, no kidding. What is that? He said, people help people learn to speak right. I said, I like that. And she just got the directive of God. And now she's the speech pathologist at the Sealsby Independent School District. And now has speech therapists all working with her. And God's using her to help kids. And and that's what God spoke the direction for her life. It's not just about helping kids with their speech. It's about being a light in wherever she's at. But hey, God has a pathway. Everybody say, God has a pathway. He will not leave you in the dark, He always shines light, His Word. And that leads me to the next thought. His purpose and plan for your life will always have a pathway, but his purpose and plan for your life will always involve his precepts. Look in verse 8. He says this, this book of the law, he's told Joshua, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. For us today, it's the word of God. It's the precepts, the guidance, the the truths of God, the directives of God, the commandments, Commands of God, the insights, the revelation, knowledge of His Word, which is a living and active and sharper than two-edged any two-edged sword. And let me tell you something: His directive, His His pathway, His purpose and plan will never contradict what His Word says. His word helps guide you and direct your path, and his word will always involve his precepts and us plugging in. In fact, look what Joshua, God said to Joshua, you better get your nose in the book, brother. You've got a big job ahead. You better understand what I have to say. You better know how I feel. You better get to know who I am. You better get this word. You better not divert from it. You better listen to it day and night. Somebody say day and night. You better chew it up. You better meditate on it. You better get it down deep on the inside of you, because God's purpose and plan requires my word to be profoundly uh, 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 real and true and and, and active in your life. Amen. What does the Bible say? You see, God's purpose and plan, in fact... You know, God speaks to us in numbers of ways. He speaks to us by His Spirit. But the majority of how He speaks to us is through His Word. His written word, it's living and active and sharper and his purpose and plan will always uh, require and involve his word and will in your life. In fact, look what it says here at the end of this verse. He says, when you observe to do according to all that is written in it, not just read it and understand it, but obey it and follow after God's word and let it be the governance and guide of your life. It says, for them, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You see, this word of God, will help you be prosperous in every area of your life. As you walk in the will and the plan of God, his word will shine a light. It says it's like a light shining on our path to keep us out of trouble, keep us out of harm's way, keep us on the straight and narrow and the understanding and the wisdom of God in our life. It's his precepts. And he said, Joshua, let me tell you, you can't get too busy. Here's my expanded commentary version. I know there's a lot of people, you know, numbers differ on how many children of Israel were. It was millions or a million plus. How many of you know that overwhelm a guy, make you stay up late at night? But you know what God said to him? Let me tell you something as a leader here. What you need to be thinking about day and night is is what do I have to say? This book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. How many of you know we got it backwards sometimes. We think, oh, oh, man, I'm so busy. When I get a chance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study the Bible. When I get a chance, I'm going to meditate on God's Word. When I get a chance, you know, when I get through school or when I get these kids raised or when I get over this, you know, uh, Aaron, when I get over this turnaround, <laughs> when I get past these things, then I'm going to take some time. Listen, God came to Joshua and said, your biggest deal here in leading these people, you better get your nose in the book and you better meditate on it day and night, because if you do, you will make your way prosperous and all this will of God will begin to be realized in your life and you'll be successful in what I've called you to do. Amen. And then number seven, His purpose and plan for your life will always include His provision. Verse 7b and verse 8b both infer verse 7 only be strong and of a good courage that you may observe to according uh, according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from the right to the left that you may prosper somebody say prosper somebody say prosper that you may prosper that means have success look at the end of Verse 8, after he says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. There's always, where, hey, where there's vision, where God gives a vision, there will always be provision. And so when we catch the vision of God for our life, He will provide. See, God's not out there to hurt us and harm us. He wants to bless us. And one of the greatest places of blessing that you will ever experience in your life is when you plug into His purpose and plan. You begin to realize God has a plan. He has a pathway. He has a promise. He will never leave me or forsake me. He has a people for me to influence. That's why we're here. Let's stand together today. Lord Jesus, you called us all to step it up just like God spoke to Joshua to step it up to another level of leadership and to plug into God's real purpose and plan for his life. Today, Lord, we want to embrace your purpose and plan. We don't want to miss what you have for us. We don't want to come to the close of our life with regrets Having missed your best for our life While we bow our heads there, here this morning There's people here today that are living even already Even here today in this room You have, a, you have regrets About mistakes you've made And how you've missed it at places But listen, today You can get back on track to God's purpose and plan for your life You can embrace His purpose and plan and begin to yield yourself to His governance and guidance. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, today, I sense the unction and the urging of the Holy Spirit in my heart to really begin to embrace His purpose and plan for my life and to say, even as Jesus said, not my will but yours be done. If that's you here today and this message is particularly important pointed in your direction you sense the Holy Spirit and God's hand upon you this word of the Lord concerning your purpose and plan has pricked your heart and you can say Pastor today I want to say with Jesus nevertheless not my will but your will be done if that's you today lift your hand wherever you are and say that's me Pastor Amen Hands going up all over this room. Somebody here today, you're you're battling, you're struggling about your will and your... Hey, Jesus did the same thing. But how many of you know he won the victory when he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your your will be done. Father, today we embrace the will of God. We embrace the plan of God and... Lord, we know we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You didn't make us as an accident. You didn't make us as a mistake. You have a plan for all of us. You have thoughts of good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. Today, Lord, we trust in that plan. We embrace the plan of God for our life. We open our hearts to the will of God. I want everyone here today just in your best way you know just say Lord not your will but my will not my will but your will be done I don't want to do what I want to do I want to do what you want me to do in Jesus name in Jesus name I pray everybody said, amen Let me give you a little homework. You want a little homework? Well, no, I don't want homework. You got to work this out. This is not just an amen, thank you, Jesus, and hit the track. I want you all this week, and for however long you, you sense the Holy Spirit leading you, you get up in the morning. You go to bed at night. You get up in the morning. You say, I submit myself, Lord, to your will and plan for my life. I'm not going to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. Not my will, but your will be done. Make that your prayer. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6? What did he say? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Embrace the purpose and plan of God. Everybody said amen.